is up, guys? Welcome to Talk Flagware Weekly News Update. I'm your host, Chris Gollin, Chief Political and Cultural Reporter for AskFlagware.com. And uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Going to run through the uh, local news stories of the week and then an interview with Palm Coast City Councilman Ed Danko. First up in the uh, local news, we have the government and business portion. Uh, we have a poll up on AskFlagware.com. Should Palm Coast increase littering fines to $1,000? If you want to hear more of that proposal, certainly stick around for our interview with Councilman Danko, and he goes more in depth. But that is something you can now vote on on our website. Secondly, the uh, school board meeting this uh, last week. Uh, finally, one went a little bit calmer than the other ones. Certainly, there's been a lot of... Uh, turbulence, to uh, say the least, at recent uh, school board meetings. But the board made it clear to uh, the people that the there is not going to be a mask mandate implemented in five schools. And that seemed to calm some nerves quite a bit. Uh, in a COVID-19 update, Flagler's numbers are uh, finally beginning to uh, get over that Delta variant hill a little bit. Seven-day averages are the lowest they have been since right before the peak started in July, which is certainly uh, great news as uh, vaccination numbers continue to go up, unemployment continues to go down. And uh, yeah, for now, at least until there's another variant, we seem to be uh, getting to a pretty good place with the virus. Uh, two Flagler County lieutenants were appointed to battalion chief in Flagler County Fire and Rescue. Uh, there's a great story about that from the county. Uh, chief Barry and Chief Van Dusen, I hope I'm getting that name right, uh, were selected by Fire Chief Michael Tucker. In the month of October, Flagler Beach hosted a great local surf contest. It was the Flagler Board Riders Club. And um, there you had teams competing from Flagler Beach, Daytona Beach, St. Augustine, Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra, and Fernandina Beach. If you managed to make it out to Flagler Beach like I did, it was a great time, a lot of great local talent. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the Tommy Tant Memorial Surf Classic, which is coming up in the month of November on the 13th and 14th. Hopefully we get some good waves for that event. At the Biketoberfest event in uh, Daytona Beach, there's a little bit of controversy toward when it closed. A, uh, an apparel vendor uh, at Froggy's Saloon for the event was shown on photograph as selling some hats with some swastikas on it, the SS Bolts, which is uh, marks of white supremacy. The uh, vendors, the, the items were pulled after that uh, got out and was published by several major news outlets. But um, the vendor defended their decision by calling, saying it was honoring history. In any event, the uh, hats were pulled as soon as that got out and was widely condemned by the community. In the crime portion of the news, uh, another incident happened at Buddy Taylor, where a student was arrested for threats to kill. Six times this has happened since August 13th. And uh, if you want to hear more about this unfortunate trend, definitely tune into last week's episode with Sheriff Rick Staley, where he kind of goes in depth on what's causing this and how to prevent it. If you've been following the case with the Flagler Tax Service, that case has now been turned over from the local level to the feds. So um, the Flagler Sheriff's Office is encouraging the over 100 people who... um, submitted cases to be investigated to uh, cooperate with the federal court system to help bring that potential fraud case to justice. Stay tuned. Coming up next is my interview with Pomco City Councilman Ed Danko. Councilman Ed Danko, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. 
So to kick things off, tell us a little bit about your professional background prior to being elected to the city council. Well, I spent um, my career working in TV network news. Mm -hmm. I worked for three major networks. I also worked for Entertainment Tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was an editor and a producer. Um, Spent a lot of my time in Washington, D.C. My first big assignment was working out of the Reagan White House, then Mm -hmm. on Capitol Hill. Uh, When I landed at CBS, I was the Pentagon editor for the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. Um, I then moved to other bureaus. Mm -hmm. I was in Moscow during the fall of communism, which was an exciting place to be. Did you get to see the famous Reagan speech, tear down this wall? Well, that was in Berlin. Oh, yeah, that was in Berlin. Brain fart there, yeah. Yeah. But um, I was in Moscow during the whole collapse of the Soviet uh, communist government. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. Um, I mean, it was amazing, actually. But the the Soviet plenum, which is their house of representatives, um, voted to legalize opposition parties. Mm -hmm. We knew that was the end of the Communist Party in in Russia. So uh, we packed up the CBS Evening News and we brought it to Moscow. Mm -hmm. And I, I... I don't remember how many people we brought, but it was a large remote. We had over 240 cases of television equipment. Wow. And I know that because the, the stuff came off the plane and um, the uh, customs guys wanted to open every single box mm-hmm. and inspect it. And we're like, this is going to take forever. Get <laughs> comfortable. But they didn't really want to open up any boxes. They wanted something. And we had these big, big thousand foot rolls of, of video and audio cable, big, you know, big rolls of it. Because these, back then, you know, we, it wasn't wireless stuff. I mean, everything was cabled hard. It was analog. And so this customs guy, I finally said to the translator we had, what does he want? He wanted 10 feet of cable. 10 feet. I don't even know what he was going to do with 10 feet of video and audio cable. And I was like, 10 feet? Just give him the roll. <laughs> the roll and we moved right out yeah. to where we had two buses waiting for us, city buses mm-hmm. from the city of Mo- Moscow. And we had one, one of our people from our bureau had arranged for two bus drivers to come off their routes mm-hmm. and come pick us all up. And it cost us a carton of Marlboros for each bus driver because back then cigarettes, American cigarettes were like hard currency. Wow. Yeah. So that was my first encounter in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was it was fascinating. Um, you know, I, I remember I had a driver and our driver got pulled over for speeding by a Russian cop and uh, a Moscow cop. And the guy had a brand new West German radar gun. So, mm-hmm. you know, which was they had just gotten. And uh, the driver says to me, you got five American dollars. I said, yeah, he said, great. Give it to me. And I gave it to him. He just gave the cop five bucks like it was nothing. Was that the official penalty or is that like a... No, that's like a bribe, I think. I don't know. I didn't bribe him. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> bribe him, but the driver gave it to him. Wow. And I'm sure it went straight in his pocket. Um, but uh, but anyway, I was in Russia. And then I was in various CBS bureaus uh, across the states. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, Texas was my favorite bureau. And um, because you could hit anywhere in the world faster, on average, at a DFW airport and American Airlines... Than you could even out of New York, wow. uh, and that was a that was strictly a travel bureau, and mm-hmm. we traveled everywhere from there. 
So, you know, I covered a lot of hurricanes, a lot of tornadoes, a lot of forest fires. Were you out there like, um, what's, what's his name? The guy on the weather channel that they have with, in like the torrential gale force oh, yeah. winds. Yeah, of course he's Jim, Jim Kateri. That's who, yeah. Kentori, yeah, he's yeah. a little phony, I think sometimes I've seen some of these people will go out there and they'll lean, and, you know, <laughs> you gotta have and a then you'll see somebody just strolling behind them. <laughs> now, when we did it, we, yeah. we were actually, if we were in the storm, we were in the storm. And I remember in North Carolina, I was with a really good reporter, a guy named Lee Cowan, um, real close friend of mine too. Mm-hmm. And we had shot some stand-ups for our package that evening on the middle of flooded streets and stuff. But Lee Lee wanted to go out on this on the Cape on the um, Nags Head Pier, mm-hmm. which is this you know long wooden pier. And so we like okay fine. So we sent them out at the end of the pier, but we kept the camera crew had to be covered because of the camera and everything. So it was quite, he was quite out there. We're using wireless mics. And so we're doing take after take after take. And Lee wasn't happy with his take. So we probably did 10 takes. And I'm like, we really need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Well, an hour after we left, that end of the pier collapsed. It was hit by debris from another pier that came down wow. the water, and and that part of the pier collapsed at the end where Lee was standing. Oh my gosh! So um, we we were lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, hurricanes are. I've always loved covering hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in Panama City. I forget the name of the hurricane, but I was with Rather, mm-hmm. and we had found a secure location inland that had water and palm trees behind it, and. Um, Dan showed up and said, now nah, we got to go right to the beach. <laughs> so here we go in a caravan of probably 15 cars and a satellite truck. And, and we go right to Panama City Beach. And we put Dan on right on the beach, right as this category four storm is coming in for the evening news. Mm-hmm. And Dan is holding on to a telephone pole. And myself and two other people, you can't see us, we're holding on to Dan. <laughs> and, um, and it was crazy because once, once, the broadcast finished, we didn't have any place to go. We didn't have time to secure a place. Um, Mm -hmm. So we found the local police station and it was a cinder block, you know, one story building. And so here we walk in, um, Dan and the entourage, as I used to call it, and all these cops, they have all these donuts that were donated from the local Dunkin' Donut or something, and they're eating yeah. donuts, and they're all spread out. And they see Rather walk in with this group of people, and their jaws just dropped. <laughs> but the amazing thing is when we we lost one car on that beach. One lost of the, the whole car? Oh, yeah, it was demolished by debris. Oh, and I remember we had to leave the satellite truck wedged between two buildings, um, and that was protected enough. You know, Fortunately, it didn't get damaged. But I remember going to the car I was in. And I clearly remember in my mind this two by four that whizzed by me tumbling. And it was like slow motion. You know how things can just slow down? Oh, yeah. And it went whoosh, whoosh, whoosh right by me. And I was like, wow. I mean, you know, another six inches, it might have hit me, you know. So so anyway, I spent my career uh, in network news. Mm -hmm. I worked at, at NBC Nightly News, the CBS Evening News. And I finished my career at the headquarters of fake news, CNN. 2016, November 1st, like six days before the presidential election, I walked out. I quit. Mm-hmm. I was done. Um, I could not tell you what happened today. I can only tell you their version of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it really was, it, it was unbelievable to me. Because when I first started in the business, 
probably more liberals and Republicans or conservatives in the business, but everybody really worked hard to keep their personal opinions out of a story. Mm -hmm. And I'd have correspondents I worked with who would say, read my script, make sure, you know, I'm not putting my own personal feelings into this. We worked hard to just report what happened. Mm -hmm. That has changed. That has really changed over the years. And, and, and it doesn't matter whether you turn on Fox or you turn on CNN or whatever, you're going to pick a side. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to get just the truth. Right. So I was done. I figured, uh, you know, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my story. Yeah. I mean, personally, for my, me, when I consume news on the grander scale, I have a few, pretty much a few select sites I stick to. I, I like NPR. I like the Associated Press, with, with some exceptions, obviously. No, none of them are perfect, but I, I tend to stick to those because now you have, you know, since now social media is the main way that news is spread. And, you know, obviously the big networks realize this. And so now it's kind of like more for what gets clicks as opposed to, you know, CNN, um, to give you an example, very few people watch them. If they have a hundred thousand viewers at any given time during the day, um, that's pretty much what they get at night. Their numbers go up a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, in prime time, but they don't equal Fox by any stretch of the imagination. And even MSNBC, um, or I like to call it MSLSD, um, <laughs> will, will squash them. However, CNN has the number one top rated website mm -hmm. for news in the world, which I, I, I don't quite understand. You won't watch it, but you'll click on it and you'll read the story written by the same person, you know, that you won't watch on TV, mm -hmm. but they outdo, they outdo AP, they outdo Drudge, which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and so CNN has invested a fortune into their website and they started early. I mean, they really started way ahead of a lot of other folks. Mm -hmm. um, and they really built that up. Uh, so that's paid off for them. Uh, but they lose a lot of money on the television side. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing that keeps them in business is, well, AT&T is their mother company. Mm -hmm. And so AT&T is huge. And the other thing is, if you got cable, you're paying for CNN, whether you watch it or not. Right. And that's the, the fees thing. And I remember the one thing they worried about constantly when I was there was they, call, they had two, two versions cord cutters, people that cut their cable, and cord nevers, the people that don't even bother getting cable TV anymore. And that was the one thing they were very afraid of. And they should be because more and more people are just cutting the cable. Mm -hmm. I've cut my cable at home. You just don't need it with all the different, you know, yeah, the streaming, streaming services and yeah. stuff. Do you have Roku? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Roku. That's what Roku's I, great. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. You pay yeah. for it once and you get a whole lot of content just yeah, through that exactly yeah. yeah i actually got to visit the cnn headquarters this past weekend in, in atlanta, atlanta for the first time it was really cool to go in there and see is that are they still doing the tours not right now no, they probably not because i know i was bummed i wanted yeah. to go take a, a tour of it you can kind of see one of the studios on one of the higher levels mm -hmm. yeah i don't yeah. know did you work out of that building yeah i was based out of that building okay then, and, yeah and uh uh it's a huge complex there's also oh yeah. you didn't see below in the basement either no i mean it's uh that up on that Top seventh floor is a big studio that HLN mm -hmm. uses. Robin Mead uses. Mm -hmm. I saw um, Cartoon Networks in there too. Cartoon I never, Networks. I never in knew there. that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's all part of Turner Broadcasting that was then bought out by AT and T. Mm -hmm. um, that there's a. I don't know if you noticed it, but there's an a, a um, moving staircase that takes you up where the tour starts, and and it 
and, and it's in there. And it's the longest freestanding uh, staircase in the world. Really? Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. I think I remember seeing it now that yeah. you mentioned, but yeah, they, they weren't like letting anyone up. No, well, no, actually, I mean, they, they have very few people in the building. They still have a lot of folks working from home. Mm-hmm. I have friends there still that I talk to who have been working from home now forever and who don't want to go back into the building. Yeah. Uh, but they do have some people in the building. Um, obviously they need to maintain the electronics and the computers and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a newsroom operation, but a lot of folks are working from home. I think, you know, it was actually open, like the little restaurants were in there. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was yeah. like a, what, a Panda Express? Yeah, it may be. I don't even remember. There's a Starbucks yeah. in there. there yeah. There's a, the, a Chick-fil-A is in there. Those were open, strangely enough. Yeah. So it's almost like a little, a couple indoor restaurants. It was in, probably in pretty empty, Atlanta. right? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, it was when, pretty, like they let you in the door. Yeah. But. I mean, all you'd really do was like look around. Yeah. In Be, the, in before the before um, this China virus thing happened, uh, that that building was packed day in and day out. I can imagine. And one of the biggest concerns, uh, CNN has their own security force, their own police force, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew a lot of the cops that that worked it. Yeah. And we always had cops out there watching the crowd and everything because the concern was being a major news organization a terrorist coming in, you know, and setting yeah. off a bomb would make big news, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So they were always on the, you know, the lookout for, for and it was stressful for them because mm-hmm. they knew it could happen. So they couldn't let oh, the yeah. guard down. Those cops did a great job. I mean, they those are the one folks that I love from CNN was the cops we had working for us. They were wonderful. They provided mm-hmm. excellent security. Mm-hmm. It I, was all the fake news that concerned me, though. I have one, one more CNN question. Sure. Is that Anderson Cooper's natural hair color? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Dang it. I know. I'm not that close to Anderson Cooper, so <laughs> I don't know. And Cooper is based out of New York. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and I was I was in Atlanta. And I traveled a lot, too. I was out, out of our Atlanta bureau, which was our news gathering bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I traveled a lot. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a really awesome awesome job you know i i love traveling yeah but i mean like that aspect of it would have to be really really interesting. traveling gets old yeah i mean you know i was on you know my whole career i was on airplanes every week mm-hmm. and i was staying out of hotel rooms you know every week and and yeah. it was constant travel and you get on a you get a, you know the phone rings at two o'clock in the morning and and there's breaking news a baby in a well in kansas a uh you know a flood in mississippi a tornado here or whatever Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the airport and you you already have a bag packed in your car ready to go. You keep it packed constantly. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of times you're either going to the airport to get on a commercial flight. But if they call you two o'clock in the morning, they've, they've already leased a Learjet for you. Wow. And so all of a sudden you find yourself in a place like Paducah, Kentucky, one of the first school shootings. Wow. You don't know when you're coming home. I was in Paducah for three and a half weeks. So it's like, you know, after a while, you want to kind of go home, you know, you kind of feel like you wake up and every day is Groundhog's Day, like the movie, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the same day over and over. Yeah. And then you get yanked out of there, you go home for a day and then boom, something else has happened. You have, you you can't control the events. Right. Other times something may not be going on that you're involved in. So you kind of sit around the office and do nothing for a week and catch your breath and catch up on your expense account reports. But travel's not as glamorous as you think, hmm. you know, and it's getting on airplanes, whether it's good weather, bad weather, being tossed around in the sky, 
arriving in a place where you don't know where you're at. And um, before GPS, before cell phones like this, you know, we had flip phones. And, yeah. and uh, so it's not like you can put the address and you're, you're getting a map, you know, and mm-hmm. where am I going? And yeah. so, um, but it was fun. I had a good time. I guess anything in moderation is a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. So getting back to the local scale a little sure. bit, a lot of residents know that you are the guy who would rather drink antifreeze than raise their taxes. And I have not voted for a tax increase. That's we right. had two, two tax things come up at city council. One was the county trying to push their half cent sales tax increase over what? to us to get us to rubber stamp it so they right. could say the city of you know Palm Coast is in favor. Mm-hmm. I did not vote for that. Right. Victor did not vote for that. That was when there was four, when there was no and mayor. Was, right, four. Time. So yeah. we killed that. Um, and then, of course, this budget, I did not vote for this budget, which, mm-hmm. yeah, they lowered the millage rate slightly, but it was still a tax increase because property values have gone up. And what this right really, in effect, it's, it's an increase. Oh, it's a tax increase. According right. to Florida law, it's a tax increase. Mm-hmm. It's defined as a tax increase. Right. It's a, it's a decrease that doesn't keep up with how much the right. Right. values right. have risen. And obviously, with what we've seen, with home prices just going through the roof, um, you know, your property taxes are going up. But if you're homesteaded, it's not a huge increase. Mm-hmm. But for those folks that have rental property... Those properties aren't homesteaded. For those folks that live out of state and come here and spend money, the snowbirds, they're going to get hit with that big tax increase. But more importantly, businesses. Businesses Mm -hmm. don't get a homestead exemption. So it's the businesses that are getting slammed. And let me tell you, if Walmart or Publix is paying more taxes, you're paying more for the products you buy because they pass that along to the consumer. And we're already seeing the consumer getting nailed thanks to the Biden administration and those failed policies. All right. We've already seen this. You see it at the gas pump. You know what? I got gas. um, I got gas yesterday. Three dollars and twenty nine cents a gallon for regular. Yeah. That jumped in a day. By the way, I saw something really great there. I'll have to show you this. You'll have to describe it um, to folks. uh, Is is that sticker? And that sticker, yes, 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 the Biden, you know, you know, pointing at at, like I did that. I did that, you know, and 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 God, I filled up I filled up the SUV. It was over fifty bucks or fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like ten dollars more in a day. And 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 there's Biden and and you can buy those on Amazon, I understand. And I think I'm gonna go out and get a roll of about a thousand of them because Mm -hmm. that's a message we need to send. You know, um, you got to admit, though, you know who's probably having a good laugh during all this? Nick, with that Tesla. Well, maybe so. And, <laughs> and you know, and that's that's kind of interesting. He's always pushing, uh, you know, buy gas and pay the extra taxes in Palm Coast. But, you know, so we get a, a few extra pennies. It does but yet make, he's, make, he's using an electric car. It so. does make me wish I had an electric car yeah, right now. Until you have to change the batteries. That is true. I think we're headed to electric cars, no doubt, but the batteries have still got to get better. Because yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Work I in think progress. the technology is so cool. Yeah, it is. It and is. and I, um, I've gotten to one time I got to drive a Tesla. It is so much fun. Really? They made those things fun to drive. You might want to drive that two-seater Ford Thunderbird on, I zip around in. It's got a lot of horsepower under it, yeah. and it runs on the top premium gas that you can buy. I think it would leave that Tesla in the dust. Oh, those you would have too. a lot more fun with this gas-powered car. Those are fun, too. I'm not, not knocking those nice classic <laughs> American cars, but yeah. So, um, you know, talking about network news, you know, and how you have the background of that industry. Um, 
in your opinion, how would you define the difference between editorializing a story and telling it outright in bad faith? Oh, well, uh, that's kind of the same thing to me. I mean, if you're editorializing, you're putting your opinion and we're not talking opinion columns. Mm-hmm. All right. There, that's a difference. If it's, you know, my opinion by me and it's clearly labeled and I want to read what my opinion by me is, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you editorialize, it's fake news. I mean, you really need to keep your personal views out of a story mm-hmm. and you really need to stick to the facts. You know, just because you don't like what I said, and I know I'm not saying you don't like what no, I, I said, know, I know. but it, it, you know, doesn't, you know, that's not journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, to say, well, basically, I don't like what he said, you know, and here's why. Well, that's no longer news. That's editorializing. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's happened in this business. And it's getting worse and worse and worse by the day. It doesn't help the public. Uh, you know, we all live in this, um, um, you know, little bubble as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you got a group over here, you know, hearing one thing. And then this other group is hearing the complete opposite because they're getting the editorialized, opinionated news report. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help us solve our problems. It doesn't fix things. Right. And, and, you know, it's like Biden was on CNN, I guess, last night. Some town town hall. hall, Yeah. yeah, With Anderson Cooper. Right. I think it was Anderson Cooper. I believe so. And, and, and Anderson asked him, you know, uh, have you ever been to the border? And he outright, right, lied. And he said, yeah, I've been down to the border, and so was my wife, Jill, and everything else. Well, if you're watching CNN, you're not going to hear the one fact that Biden has never been to the border I thought in I, his life. I, I only heard a snippet. I thought yeah. he said in this administration, he said that yeah. he hasn't he had said, time. He said, I've been to the border. Probably and then he been. says, in this administration, I haven't had time to go back. Right. I probably should. But he said that he has been to that border, and that's a fact that he hasn't been there. He said he'd been there like during the Obama yeah, administration? never been there. And, 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 and Fox News fact-checked it, went back, and no Biden at the border, uh, where CNN just let it pass. Mm-hmm. And that's another aspect of fake news. And I you would know, encourage our listeners, look that up, because I'm not totally yeah. sure. Yeah, everyone should do independent, like, yeah. say, research. Well, if you, go, if you go to CNN, you're going to get one view. If you go to Fox, you're going to get another. Mm-hmm. I don't know what MSLSD is doing on this part, or if they're ignoring it. But to me, that's part of fake news, is when you don't report the facts that go with the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not being opinionated. That's not editorializing. It's okay to say, here is the fact and make sure it's real fact, not your opinion. Mm-hmm. We have some folks in our local community uh, that pretend to be journalists that inject their opinions all the time rather than facts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I just find very distasteful as a journalist. And, and now recently you've been part of an action against. Well, the Trump club, has launched a boycott. And you're the VP of the Trump. I'm the VP. Mm-hmm. Um, we, had, we had a member uh, of our Trump club. And by the way, we meet every third Monday, starting promptly at 6.30 p.m. at the VFW here in Palm Coast on Old Kings Road. That's every third Monday, 6.30 p.m. Get there 15 minutes early to find the, find the chair. We, we get packed. We have over 575 members now. We normally get 125, 150 members showing up at any given meeting um, in person. Um, And we always have a speaker, or at least we try to. uh, So we try to keep it interesting. Um, We had a a gentleman from um, defendflorida.org 
uh, just this last Monday, and they're going around the state trying to clean out the voter rolls. And and we have there's a lot of people on the voter rolls that are dead. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that no longer live in the state. There are they they've discovered. He went through the numbers of what they've discovered so far. Um, you could have a house where there's 20 people registered to vote, but nobody lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we don't get, get confidence back in our election system, we're done. If we can't go in and vote and know that our vote counts, you know, this will destroy this democracy, uh, this republic that we have. So they're doing great work trying to, 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 to clean up those voter rolls, because that's how I think we can begin to restore confidence because there's a lot of folks that don't believe in this last election. There's just a, there's a lot of things that, that bother people. Um, all of the $450 million that Facebook spent, you know, to go in and, and basically promote the Biden campaign, hiding, hiding behind the wall of just trying to get out the vote. That doesn't sit well. Um, there are questions um, about, you know, certain counties and certain states and stuff that haven't been answered. Um, you know, it's, 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 we can't have, we can't have that distrust. We have to know we're going to have honest elections. And I think by cleaning up the voter rolls, I think that's, that's a first step. So, but he was a speaker. Um, uh, Eddie Steelman, I believe his name is, he's going to be on our podcast in two weeks. Okay. Um, so, um, by the way, our elections office, I think has been great. Katie Lenhart, they've been really transparent. Uh, we had her on there recently, mm-hmm. and um, she she does a lot of outreach, you know, to talk about you know try and answer questions from people who are who have those insecurities about the uh, election system. So at the flagler level, I you know, I think I'm good with the flagler level. Yes. I know Katie. I know the people that work in that office, and when you become a candidate, you get to know the people that work in that office. They've been very right. helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's here. Yes. You know, yes. that's not down in Miami. Yeah, I just want to throw that in there for, for here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not in Atlanta, Georgia. That's not in, you know, a lot of places, you know, there's a lot of questions. Um, you know, when you have when you have more votes than there are registered voters from certain districts, you know, certain states, you gotta wonder how that happens. I think it just needs transparency yeah, with the process. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's that, it's good for everyone. You know, every election there's cheating. Mm-hmm. There's cheating. Make no mistake about it. Um, but we need to be prosecuting the people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. We can't let them get away with stealing our votes. And I don't care who you voted for. You know, um, you want your vote to count. And and there needs to be real heavy prosecution uh, to these folks that, that, that pull stunts like that. And that's what I'd like to see happen. Again, you know, a stiff fine and a little jail time might discourage people from from doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can if you can prove it and find them guilty, absolutely. Yeah. I think that'd be a pretty universally yeah. popular. Uh, you would think, measure. but you never know. I mean, right. um, you just never know. There's some folks that think cheating is part of the game, and they're good with it. They're probably Astros fans. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, you're saying uh, someone brought this to you with the, yeah, the club. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our members came up to us and, and the board and said, you know, uh, I'm sick of Flagler fake news live or Flagler lies. We call it too. Uh, because it wasn't some, you know, that I, you know, they don't attack me. 
Uh, they want to attack Joe Mullins. Perrier Pierre wants to do that. Uh, Janet McDonald is a favorite target. I don't care about his attacks on me. I don't talk to the guy anymore. If he tries to call me or text me, I don't return it. You know, mm-hmm. you call, I talk to you. Um, but the club member was really upset because he continues to attack conservative Republicans, Trump supporters, and now our governor, Ron DeSantis. And that's what prompted this. So we took the proposal to the board of directors at our board meeting. The board voted unanimously to put it in front of the membership. And then we had a vote. The membership approved it. Um, There was one person who was in the audience who wasn't a member, and we invite everyone to come to our meetings. Mm -hmm. One person who was in the audience who wasn't a member of our Trump club who voted against it. But they weren't even a member of the club. So Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a unanimous vote. So we launched it and and we sent out an email blast with a list of all the sponsors that support Flagler Fake News Live. And we said, here's their phone numbers. Please call them. Be polite. Don't be disrespectful. um, But tell them that that you are not going to give them your business until they cancel their advertising with Flagler Fake News Live. And so that's what our members are doing. This is a long term push on our part. We're not going to let it go for four weeks and then stop. Um, This will have other levels to it. Next is going to be an emailing campaign and a few other things that we've been working on. Um, May get down to t-shirts and and buttons or something like that. But the point is, Flagler Fake News Live is not a legitimate news source. It is a blog. It is a blog by a left-wing liberal communist blame America first opinionated blogger. He is protected. It's not even a for-profit business. This clown is hiding behind uh, IRS tax shelter 401c3. Uh, Basically, using a tax shelter to pay himself to write his opinions and call it news. I'm sorry, it's not news. And all you have to do you don't have to read a story about me. Read a story about anyone. It, you, as a journalist, you know the difference between writing a news story and interjecting your opinion and your personal thoughts. Oh, yeah, I do the best job that I can I, as, as far do. as I... And that's good. Point. You can write something bad about me, but if it's the truth, I, I can't argue with it. You know. Mm-hmm. But this guy, like, like, for instance, I proposed, I know it was probably six months ago, uh, a litter campaign. Right. Because I've noticed here in Palm Coast, as I drive around, you know, there's lots of litter on the ground. It seems to be increasing. Go mm-hmm. down Beltaire. You're going to see a lot of litter on the side of the road. And I'm glad you brought that up because I did, I did you, want you, to talk about that. Yeah, so sure. The plan is to, um, like you say, make the fines um, uh, ultimately total up at $1,000. Well, but it's it, not it, on the it, first offense. Right. It's more than just that, too. It's also it's a public awareness campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a campaign that needs to be designed, and we're still working on it, on giving people in Palm Coast a sense of pride, mm-hmm. you know, in their city to where, you know, I don't want to litter in my city. and I don't want you to litter in my city. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's not just you know, out the car window, which really disgusts me. I don't, you know, I'm sorry. You just don't wake up today and decide I'm going to throw this McDonald's bag out of the window. You've been doing this yeah. your whole life. Yeah, I saw a guy take his whole ashtray with all oh, the, yeah. like the cigarette butts just yep, out the side of the truck. Yeah. 
And but there's also other litter too. There, there's mm-hmm. litter and lots and 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 you know business litter and you know there's a bunch of different litter. So yeah. this is kind of combining a lot of things. You know the the you know the um, you know can putting a little more emphasis on getting volunteers to pick stuff up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, protect a highway or a section of a road. You know, I know yeah. the Kiwanis club cleans up a section of, I think it's old Kings or whatever, you know, every yeah. week or every two weeks. But the part that I brought to it was let's make the public aware that it is a problem. Let's come up with some type of slogan that instills pride into people who live in Palm coast. Mm-hmm. And then Let's have a steep fine for those morons that don't get it. Mm-hmm. And yes, Texas, a great state of Texas. I love Texas, by the way. I wasn't born there, but I got there as fast as I could. I spent a <laughs> lot of my life in Texas. It's a great state. I love Florida, too. Yeah. Um, you know, two great states uh, with two great governors, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Texas has the Don't Mess With Texas litter program. Mm-hmm. It is the most successful. It is the poster child for the rest of the country. Because don't mess with Texas goes right to the pride of a Texan. Mm-hmm. You know, don't mess with Texas. Remember the Alamo. These are some tough people. You don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very nice. Just don't mess with them. Right. Um, and it, it comes along with up to a $1,000 fine. And I dare anyone listening, especially you, Pierre, because I know you wrote this story you know, criticizing me for this litter program. But I understand you're a left-wing communist and you want to make America Venezuela, you know, so litter comes with that. But uh, I dare you, Pierre, to get in your car and drive drive any highway in the state of Texas and throw anything out the window because you're going to meet one of those Texas state troopers and you're not going to have a good time. You're going to get a big fine. And that's what we need to do. We do need to have a fine and it, and and then we have to enforce it. Now, where would it be enforceable? Where would, the, as far as the city, have that jurisdiction? The city will not be, you won't be taking code enforcement people out there and pulling people over. We right. have our deputies. Okay. We just added 10 deputies, which I was very much in favor. I pushed for mm-hmm. those 10 deputies that Rick wanted because he got ripped off by our former mayor, Melissa Holland, uh, who only gave him two deputies last time. Uh, he was requesting six or seven. Um, so we need to play some catch up. We want to keep crime down in Palm Coast. And you do that with with, with law enforcement and, and you do it with numbers. And Sheriff Staley was uh, last week's guest, by the way, for anyone listening. So yeah. check that episode out, too. That's great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, if you're driving in your car, well, let's just say if Pierre is driving in his car, because he probably oh, do stop getting me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Pierre throws out a bag of whatever Pierre eats, you know, whatever fast food restaurant he went to, um, you know, and the deputy sees him. He physically sees it. He sees the crime being committed. Mm-hmm. Then those lights need to go on and he needs to be pulled over. And maybe the first ticket is two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred fifty dollars. Well, Pierre's case, Pierre's case, I, Pierre's case, I want to make it two hundred fifty thousand. You know, and now he'll probably write. Danko proposes, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Forty million dollars. Yeah, trying to find that'll be the headline on Flagler Fake News Live. Trust me, that that will happen. Um, but it, you know, the first fine might be two hundred fifty dollars, or one hundred fifty, or two hundred, and then it escalates up to five hundred, and then maybe the third time it needs to hit that thousand. Mm-hmm. Now we're still seeing, and the attorney, the city attorney is still working on what we can legally do. Every state's different. Right. I mean, there is in place statewide $150 fine that we're really not enforcing in Palm Coast. Yeah. Um, but, but if we 
what's the limit? We don't know. I want to know if we can go up to a thousand. Mm-hmm. If we could go up to two thousand, that would be great. I mean, I, I just think two hundred fifty thousand, whatever two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> or the other thing too is what I'd like, and this is a work in progress. Staff is working on it. I'd also like to possibly introduce an option that says thousand dollar fine or or five hundred dollar fine, whatever it is, or community service picking up litter. Mm-hmm. So you got a choice. You can pay a $500 fine or you can spend the day, an eight-hour day, out there picking up litter. Either way is going to leave an impact on you. I bet what season it is will change which one people pick. Yeah, I go. Probably no one's going to pick that in August. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Um, But I I think that's a good option. And actually, Mm -hmm. a constituent uh, had mentioned that to me. And I said, ah, that's a good option. The other thing we're doing is we're going to have a contest on picking that slogan. Mm-hmm. And so, and whoever submits the winning slogan, um, you know, obviously they get some awarded counsel and a little recognition and, mm-hmm. and they'd have the pride of knowing that was their slogan. Is- but we're looking for a slogan that gives Palm Coast residents a sense of pride in our community. Is that contest underway now? Or no, is staff just- is now where we discussed it at, I guess, a a workshop ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so staff is now back working on that. Okay. Um, you know, I came up with, when I first made the proposal, I came up with 10 different slogans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, I, this was just an example. You want to say a few of them? Well, the one I like the best is keep it classy Palm Coast. Hmm. Is that, oh, is that like Ron Berg? It's like, like, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, 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 Keep it classy. I am know, wearing San a San Diego, Diego hat. Yeah. yeah. Keep it classy. Yep. But, but that was just an example. Um, so, uh, I really want to hear what people, you know, somebody out there is going to come up with a great slogan. I have right. no doubt. We have a lot of creative people. In we do. Coast. We may have hard ones to choose from. Yeah. So, um, uh, but this is something that I think, and again, you, 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 you drove down the street and looked and saw the litter on the side of the road. Yeah. Everyone's seen a, a degree of it. In yeah. Coast. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see what we can do. And I know that Brian McMillan at The Observer thinks that we should just have people picking up litter. And and I'm sorry, Brian, <laughs> that ain't going to work. I mean, it's just not going to work without some teeth in it. Maybe lower his fund to 25000 Yeah. Just in- incrementally for yeah, the other, 25, 000, other news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I do want to plug on the website. We have a poll up mm-hmm. uh, on askflagler.com. Mm-hmm. Yes or no to raising it to $1,000. And if you listen to this podcast, you have a better idea of what that would entail even then in our article. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. If you have a strong opinion on this, go on the site and vote. Um, and speaking of city government, uh, the search for a new city manager is uh, progressing. It, it's underway. It's the going- deadline for applying is, is, is now over. I think we had 90-something applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reviewing these. Uh, we agreed at the last city council meeting that we'd have a special meeting for selecting, you know, beginning that process that each of us would bring up to five, mm-hmm. you know, names to the next, you know, to that workshop. Maybe see if like one name is common. Well, one name may be very common. We may overlap. Um, mm-hmm. But it gives us a chance to start weeding through all sure. of the applicants and then at some point we get all the, the say that we come down to five people or four people, whatever it is, we get them in front of council. Mm-hmm. We also, we also, one of the things I pushed for and Eddie Burkino pushed for it too, was that each council member could have private meetings with any of these applicants. 
mm-hmm. or private phone calls. An interview. Com- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's not sunshine uh, law. It's just one elected yep. official and a private yep. citizen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, um, hopefully other council members are doing that. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll hopefully find a great candidate. The one thing we didn't want to do was use an outside firm because it, the last time we did that, we got Matt Morton. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's not, you know, I don't want to go there too much, but I'm glad he's gone. Let's, um, let's, let's make it a, uh, on the other, the other side of it. What, what qualities are you looking for in a candidate that you would put your well, support behind? Here's what I'm not looking for first. <laughs> and I made this very clear at council and we ended up agreeing on that. Some of us did enough that we put it in there. I don't necessarily want somebody who has only government experience. Mm-hmm. I don't want another bureaucrat who's not had any experience in, in, in the business community, you know, in, in the real world, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't need to be someone who's had any government experience. If, if they've run a big organization successfully, you know, that is great. I mean, if we got a retired CEO from a major company who just wanted to stay busy and, you know, you retire and then you got to find something to do. Let me tell you, I I mean, I I quit work and right away I had to find something to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I moved to my beach house and that got boring after about two weeks. And the next thing you know, I'll take it. Oh, you think so? (laughs) You can only walk along the beach so much. You can only drink so much beer. You can only lounge on the couch. That sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. (laughs) And and so next thing you know, I volunteered at our local fire department, became a volunteer fireman. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that still wasn't enough. So then I joined the United States Coast Guard Auxiliary. Um, and I'm former military, so it was great to get back. And we had a Coast Guard base there and cutters, and, and it was a lot of fun. That mm-hmm. wasn't enough, so I got involved in local politics. You want to stay busy once you actually retire. Right. But it's your choice of what you're doing. It's not like you have to do it. So someone from the private sector I might be it. having a similar yeah. you know, kind of you know, be. something to do, you and know? they might be qualified. The other thing was the educational aspect of it. They were insisting somebody have a master's degree or doctorate degree or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of successful people out there that don't have a degree. Right. You know, um, you know that run major corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I'm like, you know, that's not, we can't, we can't cut somebody off because they didn't finish college or they didn't get a master's degree, Mm -hmm. but boy, they've run this major corporation, um, you know, or big successful business or built their own business. Right. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to put up any barriers like that. Mm -hmm. So we haven't, which I'm grateful for. The other thing is staff is not picking the people. Mm -hmm. All right. And and I was opposed to that. You don't get to pick your boss. Mm-hmm. All right. When I was at CNN or CBS or NBC, I didn't get to pick the head of the company. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the board of directors did. Well, that's what the city council is, the board of directors. Right. So we are going to be the ones that pick this next person. And because they're voted in, it's a voice of the uh, the people. Exactly. The exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be nice if you could pick your own boss, you know, and Make sure that your boss liked you and was going to give you big fat raises. There have been times where I wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But you just in reality, in the real right, world, yeah. you don't get to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, um, that was something Nick Klufus argued against, by the way. He thought picking your own boss was normal. I don't know. We disagreed on that. But it's not going to be done that way. It's going to be. No, the no, no, we are. We are bringing the names back. Mm-hmm. All right. 
and we've had access to every applicant and their resume, everything submitted. So we will be bringing them back at a special meeting next month. Okay. Um, and uh, we will then be laying out our five choices up to five. Mm -hmm. I may only bring three. I don't know. Somebody may only bring one. Mm -hmm. um, but we will see what overlaps. We will discuss the people. And, and um, you know, that's our job. Right. And keep in mind, you know, city council, we can only hire and fire two people. The city manager, we got three votes that want to fire him. We can fire him. Mm -hmm. And the city attorney. Mm -hmm. So those are the only two people you can't fire anyone else. That's the city manager's job, you know, to fire the people underneath him. Wouldn't the assistant city manager also, or does the city manager city, appoint them? Themselves? City manager, the, the city manager will be appointing an assistant city okay. manager, right. and hopefully, whoever we get will not do what Matt Morton did, which was appoint two assistants, which made no sense to me. Okay, we had one, what's her name, from Park and Recreation, and then we had Denise Bevan as the other one. Um, neither of them had that experience that I felt they needed, um, and I'm happy that Denise Bevan has not applied for this job because I wouldn't be voting for her. I'm already on record of wanting to get rid of her, wanting to fire her. Um, so um, hopefully we get an assistant city manager, and it's one of the questions I'm going to be asking and I've been asking as I've talked to a couple of people is I want an assistant city manager that's going to be focused on business mm -hmm. as a background in bringing business to a community, because we don't have a lot of that going on right now, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And, and, and the best example is the new Costco's that's going up in St. Augustine. OK, we didn't bid on that with Costco's. We didn't know about it. We didn't make any effort to know about it. Um, imagine putting a Costco's in town center mm -hmm. uh, or any place. I mean, we have a lot of open space, you know, a lot of places you could put a Costco's. The amount of money Costco's brings in for tax revenue is enormous. I mean, this city's impressed by what it gets from McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Imagine what we would get from a Costco's. And I, we go up to Costco's every two or three weeks and go shopping. They got a great selection of meats and, and all kinds of products. They're the ones that do the, all that bulk, right? Oh yeah. It's bulk. Five, but five but, gallon bag of popcorn. Hey, I got to tell you though, when you look at their steaks and you look at their pork chops and their chicken and, and the prices and what you're getting and the quality is enormous. Uh, I mean, it's just fabulous. It's worth a trip. Mm -hmm. Well, now we'll have one that's 30 minutes away instead of an hour. But the point is it should be here in Palm coast. We're between Daytona and St. Augustine. I mean, it's a perfect location right off of I-95. Mm -hmm. And they pay decent salaries and benefits at Costco's. So, uh, uh, you know, a person working there can live comfortably here. A married couple working there can live very comfortably in mm -hmm. Palm Coast. But we need to start bringing in some big businesses, um, you know, into Flagler County, you know, and into Palm Coast. We, we're no longer a retirement community. We're still a great place to retire, but we're not a retirement community. We have young families, working families. People need good jobs, mm -hmm. and, and they need jobs that pay a decent salary. Uh, the city's going to continue to grow. You can't stop growth. Um, but we need to provide the ability for people to make a decent living if we want to do it right. So I want an assistant city manager that is going to be focused on finding those businesses and bringing them here. Now, we just got one business that's coming in. I think they, they restore um, 
cars and stuff, muscle cars or something a big, like, like that. a big chain. Yeah. No, it's no, it's one group. They're moving down from Connecticut. Oh, okay. and they're going to bring I don't know, like thirty or forty jobs with them. That's a nice, you know, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, but that's not. We need more than that. There's so right. many. I mean, we're on the space coast. We're in Florida. We have great weather. We have beautiful beaches here in Palm Coast. We got saltwater canals, um, you know, with homes on them. Uh, we offer a lot. Mm-hmm. We should be landing some high tech companies. You know, a lot of them are going from California to Texas. I don't blame them, but I'd like to see them go from California to Florida mm-hmm. um, and 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 bring in those high paying jobs because you know that's what we need. Yeah. All right, so I have a, a couple of questions left. And mm-hmm. um, the first one is um, one thing residents have been vocal about, especially during the mayoral campaign, was um, a desire to get to a place of consistently smooth decorum on the, the dais of the city council. And there have there been disagreements recently. What, in your opinion, what causes conflicts in city council meeting and how can things go more smoothly moving forward? Look, I was elected to do certain things. And one of the things I was elected to do was not raise your taxes. So if there's other members on that city council that think tax increases are good, that quorum's not going to be that great. We're going to be arguing about it. That's what happens. Um, You know, there's been other personal things that have happened, uh, not just between me. And another member, but between yeah, I don't say others. that to say yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I'd like to see that stop the personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, you launch something personal against me, I'm going to smack you back. You mm-hmm. just need to be aware of that. I'm not going to sit there and just take it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what I do. Um, and you know, a, an incident happened a couple of weeks ago when the Trump Club, when we launched that boycott against Flagler Live. One of the people on it is an attorney who doesn't even live in Palm Coast. Got his business out in Flagler Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he came to city council to tear into me personally, as if I did this personally to him. And and and, and it was a personal attack, and it had nothing to do with City of Palm Coast business. And if you read the rules for public participation at a city council meeting, you can say anything you want as long as it's relevant. And as long as you're not attacking someone personal, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the mayor ignored that fact. It's right there, but he ignored it. Even when Brian McMillan did a story on it, he left that fact out of that story. So when this guy started, I jumped right in. I said, well, wait a second. You know, point of order, Mr. Mayor. And I interrupted that guy. So Alfin started trying to slam me down with a, a gavel. I guess he found out that doesn't work with me. He can bang that gavel till it's blue in the face. If I'm making a point that I think is valid, I'm going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, you know, allowing, and I wouldn't want anyone coming in for public participation to personally, personally attack anyone on that council over an issue that is not relevant to the city of Palm Coast. I mean, someone comes in and says, hey, Ed Danko wants to, uh, you know, uh, fill in all of our swales and flood our living room. Well, if I wanted to do that, then fine. You know, you have a right to come in and say that. It's a city issue. Fining me $250,000. Yeah, fining you two hundred. dollars <laughs> No, your fine would only be 100, 100 Oh, grand, thank you. Okay? 
Um, I'll pay the two fifty. There you go. Um, I'll be a good citizen. Or you'll be picking up litter for the next ten years. One or the other. Your choice. Yeah, that'd take a while to pay off. Yeah, it would take a while. six figure. Yeah, game. yeah. But um, you know, it's it's allowing personal attacks like that is no way to keep decorum on, on city council. Mm-hmm. And and I made my point about that. Um, and you know, not saying that was a setup, but I've seen setups at city hall. I've seen it with the last mayor where she'd have someone come in and launch an attack on an individual and you knew darn well she had planned it. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that's a way to tone this down a bit. What was, um, when was that? Oh, it was during her whole, her whole administration. She had a certain person that would show up at every meeting and, 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 and I'm not going to name the person, but okay. it would be her, it would be her little attack on somebody. And it was pre-orchestrated. It was almost comical. You could, if you saw the person there at the meeting, you knew something was coming under her watch. By the way, uh, I've extended this offer to Melissa Hollins on our Trump Cub podcast. I'll extend it here. Melissa, if you want to come be a guest, you are more than welcome. We would love to have you. I know, I know you miss me. So, um, you know, if you just give me a call and we'll put you on as a guest and you can, you know, come talk about whatever it is you're doing now. You can come on here, too. Yeah, come on here, too. Yeah, I haven't reached out, but that would be cool maybe. It might be. Yeah, check in and see how she's doing. Yeah, bring me here. We'll, we'll do it together. Oh, boy. You're trying to get me in trouble. I'm trying to get your ratings. Clicks. <laughs> they might be the same thing at a certain point. But um, so another one, and I'll kind of I'll kind of roll this in yeah. two questions into one so we can capture both of them. What has been so far your proudest accomplishment on the city council? And then as part two, what are some events coming up in Palm Coast that you're excited about? Well, let's see. Killing. And we literally did kill the county's half percent sales tax increase Mm -hmm. by not rubber stamping it. County commissioners wouldn't go along with it. So, So that's a proud moment for me is killing a tax increase. Because, again, we have we have products going up every day in price because of, you know, supply and demand and, and you know, it's just becoming a mess. So, of course, prices are going to go up. And I do a quick a quick follow up to that, too. Sure. Because um, part of the um, one of the I guess you could put it in the pros column and the pros and cons for that that measure was that they wanted to use the. Revenue. For uh, they wanted to use the revenue. Now they wanted to use the revenue to fix their their sheriff's building problem, where you know they spent twenty something, twenty five million dollars, and then discovered they had a bunch of moldy walls in that building, and then they had to get rid of it because the sheriff wouldn't send his people into it. So they were left with that enormous bill hanging over their head. And I think they sold the property for under a million bucks or something, 900,000. Then they had the other debacle with with the Sears building that they bought that ended up being moldy. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were trying to just clean up their mess and and get money from it, you know, from the taxpayers. And, and, and they used, you know, used, used the excuse of, uh, you know, wanting to do more with the fire department. Did they find an alternative source of those funds? Well, I think what they what they found is we gave them the the 10 additional deputies they wanted in Palm Coast. So for the sheriff's department, we did our part. Um, But, you know, where where the county finds the rest of his money is up to the county. If the county wanted that half percent sales tax increase, they could have voted for it. Mm -hmm. But they decided to see if we would sign on first and then they backed down. Mm -hmm. And my feeling on that is 
The more money you leave in people's pockets, the more they're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get your you're going to get your taxes because if I got extra dollars to spend and I go into Walmart or wherever and I spend it, well, you get that we get sales tax back. Mm-hmm. So when you start increasing taxes, you start start discouraging people from spending money because mm-hmm. people are like, okay, I'm just not going to buy this. I can't afford this. Mm-hmm. And that hurts an economy. I, I really believe in cutting taxes. And so taking that rubber stamp away is that's your proudest. Yeah. Yeah. It really just, okay. it just killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then the other thing is voting against this tax increase. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the support that I would have liked to have had, mm-hmm. but you know, elections have consequences, folks. If you're voting for people out there that are going to raise your taxes, that's what you're going to get. I was incredibly disappointed by the mayor. Uh, and I like I like David. I, I like him. He's a decent guy, you know, and, and we've agreed on some things, but we've disagreed. But during his campaign, he blatantly ran on no tax increases. He sent out mailers. Hold the he line was the I will not I will not vote to increase your taxes. I can show you the mailer. He did he did commercials, no tax increases. Well, Rolling the millage rate back a little tiny bit is still a tax increase. And if I don't know if you recall or not, but at the end of that vote, the end of our council meeting, I told them, I said, I'm absolutely disappointed in you. You right. know, you haven't kept your word. For the sake of promises of, made, promises broken is what I said. For the sake of discussions, I know mm-hmm. the vote happened. Uh, the rollback rate, would that have? The rollback rate takes you back to the previous year's taxes. Okay, so you so roll it all the way back uh, means we roll back the millage rate. It would have stayed so static. Stay static. You don't okay. pay a penny more. That's the whole point of the rollback rate. Okay, because I couldn't recall if that was a, yeah. a keep or a decrease. No, it, it was yeah. just and, and the problem is, and I ran into this during all of our budget meetings, there's nobody on staff or on council that want to cut anything. They want everything that they've asked for. You know, they're not willing to look at what they're spending. And, and, and a great example of that is this pickleball racquetball fiasco. Okay. Part of the money for that thing is coming from impact fees. That could be its own 45 minute podcast. Well, it could be part of that is coming from impact fees, which Mm -hmm. is fine, but there's another part that's not. Mm -hmm. And at, 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 during the budget thing, I said, all right, I think there is, um, um, I forget the amount, but I think it was like a quarter of a million dollars, 250,000 or something. I can't remember. That, yeah. yeah. I don't remember offhand. And, and I said, you know, we kill this thing. And I made a motion to rescind this vote, which we can do. Mm-hmm. And, and then Alfin, Alfin was not up on the whole racquetball thing. And I get it. He wasn't there for all the meetings. So we agreed to revisit it. Mm-hmm. I pulled that off the table. Right. But I said, you know, we can we can save a quarter of a million dollars out of our budget right here. And keep in mind, we're talking about two million dollars difference with the rollback rate. Mm-hmm. All right. If we hadn't given Jacksonville University two point five million dollars for coming here, all right, a university that made over eighty million dollars last year. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, if if we hadn't given them that money, um, we 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 could have rolled back the rate. We would have broke even. We would have been great. But we gave this university that makes $80 million a year, $2.5 million to come here and create, I think, 14 jobs. 
You know, it's you, ridiculous. You could have paid for the whole part of the court with one litter fine. To uh, we Christmas. could have. That's right. That's, that's the right. last joke I have about that. I yeah, know. but but the thing is, though, um, um, if we had if we had rescinded that racquetball thing, which by the way will not cost five point six million dollars, because those estimates were done before all these construction costs and materials, you know, went up. Go into Home Depot and buy a two by four. I think you'll be shocked compared to what you paid for it six months ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just gone through the roof. Every piece of construction material has, um, along with the delays now because we don't have the supply chain moving because we don't have trucks rolling, you know, and we have materials stuck off the coast of California. You know, what a hundred freighters out there now. Um, yeah, the oil spill, Huntington yeah, Beach. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's just um, you know, there's 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 that that five point six million will end up being over ten or eleven million, and that's phase one. Phase two will probably be the same amount of money. Oh, and then we have to hire people. Let's not forget that part. And they're going to be city employees, so they're going to get decent salaries and great benefits. And no city knows how to run a business or make a profit, so it's going to lose money from day one. And we've already had two racquetball. Uh, private businesses in the city of Palm Coast, and they both went out of business and they both failed. So this is a losing proposition, but we could have saved a quarter of a million dollars, except that when I did bring it up, we discovered that staff had already spent like, I think a hundred thousand of that money or something. The ship had essentially sailed. You know, uh, it sailed kind of, we still could have stopped it. And I'm going to bring up a motion to rescind that, that, that disaster. We have a, there, Park and Recreations has a wish list of 21, 22 uh, things that Projects. they would like to have. Yeah. And all stuff that, you know, could be done with impact fees. They've never prioritized it. Never. And before we pick what we're going to do, we should put a list of like, what's number one? What's number two? What's number three? That's what you do at home. You don't just say, oh, well, you know, the swimming pool is like at the bottom of the list, but I'm just going to do it today, even though I can't afford it. You know, you, you, you do what's on your list of priorities. So that's something else that I've pushed on council. And that hopefully that's something that's going to come back. I mean, we've discussed it. The mayor said we will look at it. Mm -hmm. So because um, we just government works differently than the real world. Mm -hmm. In a real business, you prioritize things. You, you cut things. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many meetings I went to about budgets when I was at CBS or, or CNN, you know, where we're going to be cutting this and we're going to be cutting that. And we're going to have layoffs and, you know, you're going to have to do more with less. Mm -hmm. It's an economic thing because you answer to stockholders and they expect to make a profit. Well, why would they buy your stock? Well, in a city, you don't answer to the stockholders. And, and that is a problem. None of these people have any business experience mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, that's something I'd like to see change. Um, right. You know, this year alone in that budget, uh, three, three, three and a half percent, three and a half percent pay raise. Okay. Uh, sheriff's only doing 3% with his deputies, but then, Oh, an additional 4% bonuses for people we like, mm -hmm. you know, seven and a half percent. Are you getting a seven and a half percent increase in your pay this no, year? Not right now. No, no. You should be asking for jo it, Joey. If you're listening, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> deserve it, right? 
Oh, I don't know. I like to think maybe. Yeah. yeah. I like to think I do a pretty yeah. good job. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, getting um, toward the end of it, last last question sure. is what are some events the city of Palm Coast is doing coming up that residents should know about if they don't already? Some events, like in what sense? That the city is putting on. Well, I know we're going to have a somewhat Christmas parade this year. Mm-hmm. And That'll I'm a little, it is, but I'm a little disappointed. Um, it's, we're going to, all the vehicles in the parade will just be parked. And you're going to walk the vehicles. That's not a parade. It's like a like a walk through. Yeah, a walk through. Um, and I, I I don't know. They said safety concerns. I don't know what they mean by that. I just heard about this the other day. You have some bad drivers in Palm Coast. Well, and and, and I will say I will say this. Uh, I I drove that parade when I ran for election. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had my magnet signs on my T bird, and you know, and convertible top down. You have to pay attention when you're driving. Mm-hmm. There are some dark areas there, and there's a lot of people, so you have to be very cautious and careful when you're driving in that parade. Mm-hmm. But that said, we've never had an accident during that parade, to my knowledge, and if I'm wrong, someone can correct me. We didn't have the Danko float hit the flag roll no, last no, year? No, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> um, um, although that's not a bad idea, but I don't <laughs> think Pierre had a flagler fake news live float. Well, we didn't either, to be fair. Um, you know, um, but um, uh, I think that, you know, there were some areas that I thought saw were kind of dark, but I thought we could bring in portable lighting and we could light the place up a little more, uh, do a little more spacing between the vehicles if it was a concern. But anyway, that's coming up. We're going to have a Christmas tree lighting this year. And I fought very hard for one last year. I thought it was ridiculous that that we weren't having a Christmas tree lighting. You could wear your mask, you could you could space yourself out, or you could stay home and not even come if you were that concerned about it. But we're doing one this year. We are doing one this year. But Al, Alan Lowe and I will be still be doing one at the VFW. We're going to have our own Christmas tree lighting mm-hmm. like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but that is that is one big event that's coming up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You're going to be doing that Madden NFL tournament they're doing at the community center. I didn't. I haven't even heard. They're of having a, at the community center a tournament for like you know the NFL, mm-hmm. the like Xbox 360 game. You're gonna be you're gonna be entering the tournament. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a big gamer though. I do like to play some yeah. online games. I mean, I'm a PlayStation guy, so really? I'd be out of my element. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I I do it on the Windows desktop. You know, I'm a big Call of Duty guy. Really? Yeah, I love Call of Duty. Um, I haven't played it in so many years. Yeah, I know. And 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 there's still people playing. Call of Duty, and, and it's more the older versions than the new versions. It's been popular out. like my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Medal of Honor was better, and I w- it was sad I to see that franchise. One. The first one they did, they were the first to do that type of World War II game, oh, and it was, yeah. the first version was fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of rolled downhill from there. Oh yeah, that will um, happen sometimes. Yeah, so you know it happens, but um, but no, I hadn't heard about the Madden thing. Um, yeah. Now. Um, uh, I, am, I am going to a, uh, a dinner in Volusia uh, next month. I think it's on the 7th. Um, it's the Volusia Republican Party. Uh, our great governor, Ron DeSantis, and hopefully his wife will be attending. Now, of course, his right, wife you know, right. just disclosed she has breast cancer. So she may or may not come, but we're all praying for her. Right. Um, but that's a big event. There's going to be 1,200 people there. Uh, it's sold out. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that event, um, yeah. and listening to our governor. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Councilman Danko, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
All right. Have a good week, guys. Thank you.